0: To the latest episode of Provincial State of Mind, my cell phone, Harrison, Jeff Neville, and Tom Savage. This is a podcast focused on all four Irish provincial sides in both the URC and European competitions. We discuss what happened the previous weekend, what we can expect from each province in their upcoming games, as well as any major off-field news. First of all, I think I need to apologise to Jeff for last week. So okay. last week I was Toby from the US office. I decided to ruin all Jeff's fun throughout the entire podcast last week.
1: It was just my phone as well You left Tom off Tom in yeah, free reign was... but...
2: Hey Since you put that up On Twitter by the way Everybody's referring to me As Creed <laughs>
1: Creed's insane Yeah Creed's good though I got Jim He's so vanilla He's nothing like And he actually turns into A bit of a dick then but Later some, the some,
2: But sometimes Wait a minute I'm trying to figure out Who's Jim
1: Jim is the The gangly Lovable Handsome but Funny does,
2: Doesn't he be uh... looking at, Doesn't he, doesn't he <laughs> be looking At the camera Like you do
1: yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> Make, I, <laughs> <in the> face.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: I suppose yeah, actually. I never thought about that. <laughs> For the people who don't know, this uh is an audio podcast, but sometimes I like to look at the camera when something funny is said and I like to laugh. Or when shade is thrown, I like to kind of puff out my cheeks and be like, shade thrown. You are, G-
2: like, so like that is very like hard gym tendencies there. Yeah, it's yeah. fair, actually. Yeah.
1: Okay. Creed is good it's- though. Creed's way yeah. funnier. Do you remember he, he was he was offering um, was it uh, paper clips to the baby? And your mom was like, "You can't give paper clips to a baby. What if he eats one?" And Creed just goes, "It's okay. I have loads." <laughs>
2: <laughs> I've actually I've, I've 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 never i've only seen small bits of the U.S. Office, so all those like the names just kind of pass. I had to kind of Google them, and I saw a lot of crazy gifts for that Creed guy. Oh, it's worth watching.
1: It is very funny. It
0: is, yeah, very much worth watching.
1: So, what are you uh, doing for the
2: weekend, anyway, Owen, he's in again. I with did. the question that's he is, he is two weeks in a row. Tom gives a shit. that's I'm mad. like, yeah. I, I, I deeply care about fucking Edward's week. <laughs> Edwards, <laughs> who's, <laughs> Edward? Who's, who's Edward? Who's <laughs> Edward? Owen. Owen. <laughs> Owen,
0: sorry, that shows the level of respect I'm getting on this <laughs> podcast. <laughs>
1: I was only thinking when you did the intro about the time you got our names wrong, and I was kind of giggling to myself. I was like, "Do you remember that time when we got our names wrong?" And then Tom calls you Edward. Edward, yeah, <laughs> not even close.
0: Yeah, it's 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 like when your granny tries to call one of the, you know tries to call you by your name, and she lists out like seven of your other cousins before she gets He's there like, first.
2: We'll get there eventually. <laughs> but there's only You're three of us. There's only three of
1: us on this. <laughs> Tom is yeah. one of them. <laughs> there's no yeah. Edward. Yeah. Truly, we are all Edward on this blessed day. Well, go on, Edward.
0: What did you get up to today? Not an awful lot. Um, it's been very quiet uh, week for me. I do, however, this week coming, I have changed jobs, uh, well, changed roles in my job, and I now have to manage a team of what I consider to be young whippersnappers. We're oh. all sort of like, a load of them are sort of well below the age of 30, sort of straight out all
2: of like things. Gen, Gen Z.
0: I don't even know. This could be coming back to Gen A, to sort of another generation below that. Um, do they watch? Is
2: like, hello, kids. Do you do? You, do you watch cartoons?
0: Well, what I have to now figure out is, I have to bring them. I have to bring them out on a team night out. Oh, good God! Thursday. I think it's Thursday. I don't remember. Sometime <laughs> next week, we've agreed to do it. Now, Are you going I drinking? To, I may have one or two, but I'm certainly not going drinking. Um,
1: you have. You have to go drinking. You can't be that
2: person. I mean, you know, the, know, you know those like baby leashes that that parents have, so that their kids don't wander <laughs> off in duns.
0: Oh yeah, I need to. Well, not so much that I don't need them for them; they need one for me. <laughs> um, but what I now have to do is, I have to engage in small talk with these people that oh, I literally have nothing in common
2: with. Just be so, like, what just, I just start saying, listeners. everything's bussing. Yeah, bussing. That's what nice. I need
0: from the listeners. Is I need. Phrases like I'm bussing, apparently, and give me what that actually no, means No, no, that's and
2: categories. I'm not down with the kids. It's like I'm bussing. This is like <laughs> get him out of here. Get that. I'm, I'm, out of here. <laughs> I presume that means
0: I'm getting the bus home, isn't it? I'm bussing.
2: no Apparently, now you are talking to another 40 year old bald man here, right? Apparently, bussing is not good. That this is oh, not, not a good, good. thing. That that's bossing. Oh,
0: that's bossing. Okay. Well, now what I need from the listeners is I need phrases like that, that I can use to be, seem hip and cool. And I also need certain topics that I can create small talk with them. So I would appreciate any replies on the Twitter.
2: perils of social media.
0: media. Yes.
2: <laughs> Have you ever been cyber <laughs> Would you like to be?
1: You like to be called out on a very niche podcast
2: <laughs> just start drinking and go to flow get hammered see what happens owen, owen would you like some ecstasy yeah, yeah. <laughs> ecstasy pure joy i mean why not why not i mean it sounds great <laughs> <laughs> who wouldn't want to be ecstatic
0: all these kids and they're taking look, They seem, they all seem to have colds. They're taking
2: these urine <laughs> tablets. Speed. I mean, not at my age. I'm really more of a power guy at this stage. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, I played front row it was never that front good. row. I never needed any of that, but I'll certainly try it.
0: <laughs> so yeah, that's I. I need interaction from the listeners to help me with that. So that, that's where I am. Uh, Jeff, how's your week going?
1: Yeah, fine. Uh, busy. I am. Um, if it makes you feel any better, like I teach, so I feel uncool at least forty-five times a day. Um, so I know how you feel. So I, I'll go into work tomorrow if you want, and I'll ask the kids. Listen, kids, uh, <laughs> we're not going to do any work today. Instead, I need <laughs> you to, instead, I need you to teach my friends some cool phrases.
2: <laughs> cool phrases. For example, that's is, that's is what he I'll
1: say as well. I'll say cool phrase.
0: <laughs> is cool he phrases. person? They'll know what you mean. <laughs>
1: I'm going to wait tomorrow and I'll be in work and I'll look at a kid and I'll be like that's bussing bossing,", that's bossing. <laughs> and they'll be like what the what? fuck
0: <laughs> go on he's lost it again lads he's lost
2: he's, it again yeah.
1: there's um there's a limerick phrase um, it's very limerick I don't know if you ever heard it before but to be in a bake it means someone's in a bad mood Like, and I remember once my cousin was saying it to someone they were like um, we were going for a match and someone wasn't there and they said oh let's say Tom where's Tom and my cousin Craig, he was like, oh, he's not coming. He's in a bake." And your man was like, "He's in a what?" Sorry. And he goes, "He's in a bake." And your man goes, "You're gonna to have to say that again. In a bake? What? What's in a bake?" And, and as a means of, as a means of explaining it, my cousin went, "You know, in a bake. He's in a bake. In a bake. <laughs> he's,
2: in, he's in a bake."
1: He said it three times and the, third, <laughs> and the third time he put on a voice and went in a bit look <laughs> if, it's, it's the if your man is going to turn around and be like oh yes of course like when you're abroad and you go like is there a shop here and they go I don't know how la Inglés. and you're like shop shop <laughs> surely shop. you can understand me if I say it slowly and in a deeper voice
2: maybe louder as well yeah. maybe hearing is the problem shop. yeah slower slower and louder I once heard somebody's, a Limerick phrase saying, and I was drinking a can of Red Bull at the time. And uh, they said, I thought that was the
1: phrase for a second.
2: It's like, I've never heard of that one. (laughs) It's very very brand specific. (laughs) And he said something is like, uh, I'm still laughing. I think about it now. I'll kick the heart out of you. (laughs) I was mid drink at the time. And I just like, you know, like that kind of thing where it's like, you know, like, oh, a spit take. It was just like, <laughs> just come flying out like the puke out of the exorcist. It's like, oh, kick the heart out of you. just fucking cracked me up. Couldn't fucking, couldn't be up to them limerick fuckers, boy, I swear to God.
1: Oh, we're great people.
2: <laughs> Brilliant. And Tom,
0: for you, we Thomas. need some swimming updates.
2: How are you, Thomas? Uh Well, look, I had a busy weekend. Because I uh work on radio. I, to comms on radio for matches now. That's what I do. So I was on radio <laughs> covering the monster game. Were you, were you on the radio? I the was game? on the radio. You you might have heard that I was on the radio. I don't uh, know because I, the I radio. was I was on the radio. Anyway, we were covering the the monster zebra game, which I think we will be covering later on as well. Elements of the game were not good. Let's put it that way. And uh, I was obviously we have because you know we have headsets on the radio, You have earphones, and there's a mic by your, by your mouth and stuff like that. And it was mid game. Uh, There was a knock on during the game towards the end, a a fairly bad one. And there was a guy sitting in front of us, got up and just sort of walked past us, kind of shuffling where we were in the press area. And he was just like into the like up close. He was just like, I'm leaving. I'm leaving. I'm out of here. Shit. It's no good. Shit. I'm leaving. Whereas like, we are live on the radio now. It's (laughs) mid game. What? (laughs) Like Why? Why are you talking to us right now? (laughs) <laughs> but like that's not even the first time that's happened <laughs> where people are just like, what's going on with that? And it's just like, we're on the radio here. I'm supposed to be doing high grade color commentary here. You know, and, and um, in a match sometimes when you hear like a player
1: curse and the commentators like, sorry for the language there. They start <laughs> like you're on the radio, it's like, this is shit. Just like to tell our listeners that wasn't me. <laughs>
2: <laughs> but most of the time it is me where if something happens in the game, I, I managed to stop myself this time where I'm kind of off mic kind of going, oh shit. Um, but I managed to stop myself this time. Thankfully. Thank God. Swimming. I haven't actually been in the pool since last week. So I'll probably have forgotten by the time I go back in next week and I'll just be or, or like tomorrow, actually. And they're going to be just flailing about the place again. So hopefully not. Hopefully I'll remember. I'll retain the information that, I, that, that, that I've gotten in and learn and build going forward. Take real I learnings from us.
0: Any luck in getting the adult armbands?
2: No. Uh, I'm going to stick with the pool noodles and it's going to use two of them. Two pool noodles. That's what they call me in the pool. <laughs> two, pool noodle. Noodle two pool noodle, Tom. Two pool noodles, Tom. Chow <Chow-Mains. laughs> There's that ball guy. He's already got to be a little bit more aerodynamic in the water, but no. Who's your
1: man over there? Oh, you mean two pool noodle, Tom? <laughs>
2: <laughs> You'll know him because he's got two pool noodles. <laughs> but yeah, that's what I did for the weekend Not I much feel,
1: I feel bad I don't have a nickname so far on this Owen has Edward, Tom has two-poodle-noodle Tom And I just have Jim Jim Yep. Jim Has <laughs> shit a shitty nickname as he was a character Let's start talking about this rugby thing, shall we?
0: Right, we'll kick it off then And we'll start with Ulster against Leinster uh, Leinster beat Ulster 20 points to 13 at the King's Kingspan in horrible conditions last Friday, tries from Ryan Baird and Dan Sheehan were enough to see Leinster home with a victory. Um, what did you make of the game then, Jeff?
1: Uh, I enjoyed it. Um, I think in the conditions that it was, your best friend is your kicking boot and just get rid all the time. I think we saw an element of that. I think Ulster started that game just a little bit slowly and. Like one, of the, like one Leinster try, was a failure in defence to fold around. You know, the other one was quite good too. But and then from a Leinster perspective, and don't get me wrong, the first one was finished really well too as well. But I think if Ulster start that game properly, it's going to be a different ending to the last 10 we saw, maybe a more squeaky bum time kind of game. But like, I mean, credit to Leinster, people were saying like Ulster coming back into And they were like, you never said that. Leinster did very well in that final quarter to close out that game. They were hugely physical. To be, physical,
2: like, to be fair, Aaron Sexton helped on a fair bit, though. Uh listen, yeah, yeah. but like
1: he's a young lad; he's gonna learn. Yeah, and, uh, and it's a shit lesson to learn. A real think, shit
2: lesson to learn, though, to yeah. be fair.
1: And, and it's really a tough lesson to learn. But like, at the same time, he won't do it again. Do you know what I mean? Oh, that's um, true. And people, like, don't get me wrong. People afterwards on social media were saying, like, you know, um, surely it should have been a try because. You know, there's no clear separation from the body. Surely it came off to defender, forward or whatever it was. And you have all these different arguments. At the end of the day, those arguments shouldn't be coming into a finish like that. It should be in your other hand. Sworn yeah. And in the corner and like removing that's it, those situations or removing, let's say, the referee from it. Do you know what I mean? Um, So it's it's a pretty shitty lesson to learn. But like Ulster did very well to stay in it. Um, And to claw it back Did it brilliantly But
2: I I think Ulster They lost okay But I don't think They'll be too gutted Because I think that Given the two teams That took the field Relatively Strength wise Ulster will be Relatively happy To be as close as they were Could have arguably Drawn that game
1: Oh yeah 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 (laughs) And like I I think like While they won't be gutted With the Final result I think they'll be annoyed With the start If you know what I mean and they might think to themselves like that's one that got away. Now, if we if we started better, but like I'd rather learn those lessons in round three than round 17, 18 or whatever it is when you know shit's hitting the fan, kind of a thing.
0: Well, I, I think one of the differences, and you, you you sort of touched on a bit there, was was the kicking game. And I thought early on, I thought Ulster um, targeted the Leinster back three really well for the first sort of quarter. And after that, I thought their kicking game actually was very poor, particularly the the box kicking um compared to Leinster. I thought um Cooney's kicking and the the kicking in general, it was just that little bit too far for the chasers and they weren't able to put the Leinster players, receivers um under the ball under any sort of pressure. Whereas if you look at the opposite way, I thought the the box kicking, particularly from the likes of um Luke McGrath. Was spot on. He gave his players time they could get in and under the ball with pressure and sort of jump with the with the Ulster players, um, and just put enough pressure on. And it it, I suppose the conditions themselves that lent to that. You're not necessarily going to see that when you're when you're hitting knockout rugby, but you know it did lead to a lot of scrums. And we've been we've been sort of singing his praises anyway for the first two rounds. But Jenkins, you know, was a massive massive boost. For for um, Leinster in that Tom, what did you make of his uh, performance?
2: Really good, like you know. Again, he's a he's a big, powerful guy. He gives them that bit of size and power that they need in the tight, and it worked for them. You know, like as in there was a, a, a visible difference when he went off the field when it came to uh, Leinster's small defence, their own like their own phase play. Um, he's become a really important guy for them, just. Kind of not, not out of nowhere because obviously he was signed to be a big player for them like um, but I think it's been really kind of enlightening I suppose to see how well he's done and how much he suits what is a kind of a very like because this is kind of related to what something I was going to talk about there in a minute about how Leinster's phase play doesn't look as I suppose as, as, as maybe as expansive as what it would have done last year it looks way more narrow. It looks way more solid, I suppose. And it just is a little bit slower. I know the conditions were the way they were here, but it, it was the same over the previous two two rounds for me. Um, it seems to suit and, and and they're trying to play a bit bigger, I think. And um, it was certainly effective for them, but it, it seems that their effectiveness from the attack is now far more concentrated once they get in and around the twenty-two. They don't seem to be generating the same sort of opportunities. And this shows up in the stats as well with regards to their meters gained and their defenders beaten. It seems a little down on their average from last year, which I thought was interesting enough, but it suits a guy like Jenkins to have that power and size in a more, I suppose, not, not slower, but in a more kind of regulated, regimented, rigid system than what they maybe would have been playing last year. It's, it's an interesting tweak on their on their usual game plan or what. We understood their game plan to be last year, anyway, certainly.
0: Yeah, and I think some of that is what Jenkins is doing is helping with the Leinster Scrum. I know there's been lots of talk from the likes of uh, Robin McBride, you know, about the work that he's able to do with, particularly with Michael Alatoa um, and on the tight head side and the stability that that's given to the Scrum and things like that. One of the things that I thought was interesting, and it sort of comes back, was. Ulster's selection policy at prop They instead of going with Marty Moore from the off they went with Tom O'Toole and Tom Tom O'Toole is I'll call him a baller he is a real he, he likes carrying the ball he's a very good handler a very good passer but like a lot of the Irish props or sorry the props in around the Ireland squad they seem to be based on their athletic and their all-round game versus their pure sort of scrum ability Within that, and I think Tom O'Toole is sort of a, a sort of a a very good example of that. He's a very big guy, very powerful, almost like Andrew Porter. You put it in that sort of thing, but I wonder about the technicalities of a scrum game because I think it allowed um, Leinster to get away with a power power on power game, and that allowed them well. Whereas I think a technical um, scrummer, like when when Marty Moore came on, causes a lot more problems to the Leinster setup. But I mean, like if you look at the Ireland team and you look at, at the squads, you have like, like supporter or two, you have Salanoa who's on the emerging Ireland team. Like I look at those squads and I don't and want say to myself, would Franz Malherbe or someone like that actually make the Ireland 23?
2: I think he probably would just for the size and power profile, but like there is definitely a, uh, a type that Ireland are looking for in the front row at the moment. And like, you look, and I think we spoke about this before, until it became a problem for Andrew Porter. Like it doesn't kill you at the moment to have average scrummagers for the most part. It it's not a killer. It won't prevent you losing a game for the most part. There'll always be exceptions. But like, because again, like you look at, at Leinster last year with, with like Porter started to have real trouble in the scrum, but they still like they, they may have lost to the Bulls and lost the final to that Rochelle. But you'd hardly blame the scrum as a as as a, a sole reason for that. I think that a lot of the game now is moving towards having more guys that are more ball carriers, more phase for phase guys, as opposed to scrum to scrum guys, because you only might have five or six scrums in a game. So I think with Tom O'Toole, they love the size, they love the athleticism, the ball carrying, the impact, and I think we saw with Marty Moore, he has some of that size as well. He's 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 always been a really good tight carrier whenever I've watched him. But from a scrummaging perspective, having that guy coming off the bench, there's advantages to that as well, as we saw, I suppose, which kind of goes against what I'm saying about the scrum not being that important. I suppose it only costs you in context, if that makes sense. Like You have to have the right context there. And I think with the, the, if you're a prop like that, you'd have to be a washout at the scrum for you to not get opportunities at test level if you have the athleticism.
0: That's a good way of putting it. Um, so then we'll look forward to Leinster's next game. They have the Sharks on Saturday evening at the RDS. Um, they're missing a few players, Uh. or potentially missing. They have uh, Doris uh, with a concussion, Ron Kelleher with a hamstring, and Dave Carney with an abductor are all to be assessed during the week. Uh, Kieran Frawley, Hugo Keenan, James Lowe, James Tracy, Charlie Lyon, and Tommy O'Brien are all out as is gibson park who is now due to miss a number of weeks due to a hamstring injury um it should be a good battle against the sharks who i believe are bringing a lot of their Bok contingent with them but i think that's yet to be finalized so um they potentially have the likes of um thomas toy and even even Itzabeth are due to travel how do you think that game will pan out jeff
1: um, I think I'm going to go for a Leinster win, to be honest with you, just because in a very good place, they're at home, they're on a good run, they'll have a strong team out, I imagine. Um, you know, I think after going to somewhere like the Kingspan and clawing a win like that, especially in the manner they did it in that last 20, it, like, it just kind of builds an awful lot of momentum. Like, some wins, it sounds funny, right? And it was it's something I was probably going to talk about later with the Munster game, but some wins you win the game because it's almost expected of you and it's almost like okay yeah we've done that on to the next one and some games you win when absolutely everything goes right for you and you're on a bit of a high but some wins like this Leinster one you just grind it out and you're kind of you're on edge it's squeaky bum time you are, yeah like you're forced to kind of go up another level defensively to get it and you come out afterwards to do that in the Kingspan, you know, you are you are proper then buzzing for the week. They're the proper wins that it's kind of backs to the wall stuff that, you know, like some some big wins, you would have a beer in the dressing room afterwards and you're like, yeah, that was good now. But like a win like this, you know, on that bus back, you're like, oh, did you see him when he melted him? Or did you see this part of player? Fuck, that was tough, but we got through it kind of a thing. It's a bit more gelling, I suppose, than an average win. I don't know if that makes sense, like in the context of, Um, you know, just chatting about it now, four days later, like, but there will certainly have been a lot of backslapping Monday morning coming into the, or or coming into, I don't know, UCD or wherever it is train.
2: I was wondering what that noise was actually. (laughs) Yeah, you could could hear it there because you don't know.
1: Um, like it's, it's a different kind of wind, you know what I mean? Like it's a big one. And I tipped Ulster to win that there, um, last week, um, And so did Tom. I know you didn't spirit. They did in spirit, spirit, so I count that because that's what we're doing. But um like it's it's a big win to get on the road. So I think now they have a week at home, they regroup, they welcome a big team like the Sharks. You kinda wanna say as well, like it's not a like I know it's never a one off with Leinster, but you kinda wanna say like that's our benchmark now. We'll up it again to another level. So I'm gonna go with a a Leinster home win, to be honest with you. Um I'd I think I'd be kind of a little bit surprised if it wasn't. Um no disrespect to the sharks at all. Zero respect Ooh. to the sharks. But or, but, um, or 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 to we, sharks we, we know how that
0: turned out the last time. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> listen, it's
1: not working for me. Um but uh no, I'm gonna go for a Leinster win, I think. And I just think as well they have a bit more like if they were playing the Sharks last season, um, without the likes of Doris or or that, you'd kind of be like, Okay, let's see how they get on. But I think I know they're missing McCarthy, you now with the emerging Ireland, like. But I mean, if James Ryan plays, um, or if Maloney plays alongside Jenkins, etc., you just have a real bulky, bulky second row there that are going to do a lot of the the dog work. And they're like, I mean, you look at Jenkins um breakdown work; it's destructive, like it's it's phenomenal, like. So that like really frees up a lot of space for your other second row partner to kind of. And if it's Maloney, like, you know, his tip passes, which are so good and everything like that. If it's James Ryan, it's again doing a lot of dog work. So, yeah, I'm going to go with Leinster at home, I think. Um, It'll be interesting what backline they put out, I think, as well. But again, it's still going to be a very good one. I'd love to see Sexton start, but will we? I don't know.
2: Oh, and as you're aware, I haven't read the script. And I didn't hear you properly there earlier. Who have Sharks brought up on this tour? I think
0: they're bringing up the, their Bach contingent, so I would expect the, the likes of to to uh even Eats to be back available for that.
2: That becomes a so very, I think very interesting game you, if those guys you,
0: play. Did you say that on this podcast already?
2: Yeah, just there while I go. Yeah.
1: yeah, just before you spoke, yeah. Oh, sorry.
2: I must have missed it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Ed, Edward said it.
2: <laughs> <laughs> well, I must have blacked out there. Sorry. <laughs> I think that's going like, to be a very tight game Um, I'm going to go with a narrow Leinster win Uh, I think that they will be a little bit more cohesive but um, I wouldn't be surprised if the Sharks if they did bring those guys up if they just lumped those guys right in and just go this is a big game for us we need to make a statement why not beat Leinster in Dublin so that's going to be a big one Um, I'm going to go with a narrow Leinster win though as much as it fucking pains me to say it
0: I'm going to follow Tom on that one. I think Leinster will just about have enough to do it. I think they, as Jeff said, I think they might have some selection issues in the backs and particularly maybe around the back three um, and guys looking for form there. I think the Sharks, if they come fully loaded, they have the tight five to cause Leinster an awful lot of problems. You look you look at the, the sort of their... Um, like the, their tight head props you, you you know it's potentially they have Thomas Tudoit and Carlo Sadie who are is, is
2: a I love oh, that guy. Oh I am I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm I'm changing
0: my Twitter account to a Carlo Sadie <laughs> stan account at this point right but like um he he like I mean you face Thomas Tudoit for 55 60 minutes and suddenly this guy lands off the bench I mean it's not exactly an appealing thing for an opposition loose head to look it's, at. It's at that exact point your hamstring
2: gets tingy. Yeah, so it's like, <laughs> do you know what? It's been bothering me for yeah, the entire game. I,
1: yeah. I toughed it out up to now, but I really I really don't <laughs> think, oh, think I can just, continue. There's a
2: big twinge there. There's a big twinge. But like I, I love the way that they put him where he's not even in the lineout, where they have him as a ball carrier off the lineout, where he's like 130 fucking kg. And he's like, We're hitting this guy for a crash ball off day. <laughs> No, get you. Johnny off the pitch if that's the case, <laughs>
0: <Yes>. <laughs> and like exactly. And you have Elizabeth and um, potentially Grabler and a couple of other options in the second row. They, you know, big guys. I think they have what could be a bad matchup for Leinster up front. I think if they pick the likes of Sexton, they have uh, a chance to, to move the ball around and sort of get it.
2: I think what is it? it's Leinster
0: 15-point favourites at the moment. I think it's going to be an awful lot closer than that.
2: Isn't it good so to have either. games at this scale, though? I do hope they pick um the likes of Etzabet. That'd be pretty cool. It'd be, you yeah. know, imagine tipping down to
1: the RDS on a, on a Saturday. Or is it Friday they play? Saturday, Friday. Saturday, is it? Saturday, Friday? yeah. Yeah, imagine just tipping down to the RDS on Saturday and seeing even Etzabet.
2: There's even Etzabet there, look. look just big,
1: the big fella. in front of you, like.
2: Or, or or the big you, you there you see... Car, car, Carlou Sadie, Sadie
0: his oh, with his, with his, his own, own
2: gravitation. Gravitation. Sadie. <laughs> Sadie enjoyers that's what that, that's who we are yeah. Carlou Sadie enjoyers three, three for
0: Carlos Sadie
2: <laughs> like, I
1: like him and all but I just don't think this
2: much
0: look so Jeff, a, if you, if if you big, don't like him as much as myself and Tom we may not have you back on the podcast he's a
2: big ball of a guy is what he is running on the place look at the size of that boy that's what i would be shouting on the TV he comes on. Look
0: at the size of that
2: boy. <laughs> Look at the size of that boy there, Isn't Is that ta- the sort of
0: quality commentary that people can expect on, on Live 95? Look at the size of him. Look at him, though. He's nearly like, 20 stone, boy.
1: Like in snatch. who <laughs> size is this Poker?
2: <fucker? laughs> That's basically it. Look at the size of him, though. He's huge, Don. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Right, moving on then. So we've uh three for Leinster on that one. Moving on then to Ulster's game, uh, they play the Ospreys on Saturday night. Uh, Dwayne Vermeulen is back in training. I'm not too sure if he's going to be available for selection on that one, but Jacob Stockdale has gone for an MRI on his ankle.
2: It, I hate to see it. it yeah, no, uh, it is the other, ankle. other it yeah. is the other
0: ankle, it's not the yeah. one that kept him out last season. And Rob Herring is going through a uh, return to play protocols for the concussion he received on Friday night against Leinster. Um Ulster or sorry, the Ospreys were a bad matchup for Ulster last season in the way that they played the game. Um what are you expecting this week? Tom, I'll start with you first.
2: Uh the Ospreys love a kick, <laughs> they love a kick at a ball, <laughs> they do. Um, and I think that puts Ulster a little bit under pressure. Um, they tend not to kick as much. So Ospreys are quite good at managing territory that way. And they've got a lot of good poachers. They've actually got quite a physical pack, do the Ospreys. So um, I still think Ulster will kind of come out and top in this one, but I think it's going to be a narrow enough game as well. I think the Ospreys, um, a lot of, the, a lot of the, the Welsh clubs are kind of up and down at the moment. But I think the Ospreys have, depending on selection, of course, we will have to wait and see. But I think that if they go with a relatively strong side, Elements of their game Tend to kind of Clash a little bit With Ulsters So I think uh, It won't be all Ulsters way But I think they should win By around 40 points
0: Nice And uh, Jeff so You're predicting A similar big win For Ulster are you? Uh, no
1: I'm going to go by 60 I'd say 60-70
2: <laughs> Um
1: easy easy no Ulster win anyway yeah at home um i said that last week and they lost, but i think this week will be different
0: yeah and i'm i'm going to stick with an Ulster win i think it's again i think they're 13 point favorites i think it's going to be a little bit closer than that um and Six, 60 easy 60 right you're you're going on the over for that uh, i'll i'll stick with the under um <laughs>
1: I, I actually I actually the, the lads do me on about this I know I never ever gamble like I can't understand when they talk about the is it the by, like plus six or minus six or whatever six. The, the swing might be like having to clue. I'm just like that means they'll score six fewer and they're like no that's not what it
2: means at all <laughs> like, I, I I've I've never gambled like uh, herself there like back I think it was last year there was races on down around uh, I'm not sure where it was down in Kerry somewhere so she gets a tip off somebody she worked with Just so she's like you know go in there to the bookies and put a bet on each way for this horse so I'm just like okay I've never done this in a bookies before so I walk in the door and I'm like a little eight-year-old going up asking for penny sweets up at this up at the counter. It's like, I'd like to put it th- this this bet on, please. <laughs> and you man looking at me like I was a fucking boy walking in, like with the fucking big lollipop in my mouth. <laughs> I would like eight sweets, please. How much are these sweets? Um, and got it on. But you know what? We won.
1: We won, it was worth it. A friend of mine told me she was going to put money on a horse there before we were living in Spain and she was just kind of bored. So she was like, I'm going to put money on a horse. And was grand. So she pointed at a number and she was like, is this how much I win if the horse wins? I was like, Lynn, that's the time the horse is running.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, fucking hell.
0: (laughs) I can see I'm dealing with two gambling pros here. Yeah, two gambling, two, two
2: hard gamblers.
0: Yeah,
1: I'm never out the bookies
2: <laughs>
0: Never in the bookies Right, so we have three for Ulster for that one I Actually, we them. must uh, go they, you know, on... they,
2: they should have called libraries The bookies there's, I don't see no books inside in fucking Ladbrooks. Fair call
0: It is We need an update on the uh, prediction scores
1: Well, so far um, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, 10. We've picked 10 teams before this episode So far in the last three weeks, right?
2: Yeah,
1: I am on six, and I blame Connacht for this. To be honest with you, um, there's two losses there. Grand oh, and, and and the enemies. Yeah, listen, it's fine. I'm over it. Tom is on seven, and Owen uh, is on nine. What? Yeah. Jesus, nine out of ten. I'm trying to figure out just from looking at it which game he got wrong. I think it was, uh, no, it was Monster Monster, Dragons. Yeah, Monster Monster Dragons. I think we all got
0: that one. We all got
1: that wrong. Yeah, but that's the only one Owen has got wrong so far.
2: Jesus Christ, there's something on untoward going on here. <laughs> Check out the big brain on Brad. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> big fucking brain on this fellow over here. Do you know what that That's is about, no, swear,
0: You'd swear I'm the only one doing a bit of research for this. That's exactly what I was about to say. <laughs> yeah. We need to start reading scripts.
2: Yeah. And like, I, I'm just there forgetting who I've predicted. The minute I said it, I've forgotten um, what I've said.
1: I didn't even listen to the team update for the team about to face. Then. <laughs> <laughs> That's
2: why I was just like, did he say?
1: And it was Hestibet's said. It's coming up there because he's it was got big muscles into- by it was said literally fed <laughs> into my fucking ears And I didn't even hear it
2: that. He's got huge muscles though <laughs> you, you can bring a so horse to water
1: big. He's so,
2: he's unnecessarily big Like who's, like who's, who's the most jacked who's, Which team is the most jacked And that's who's, that's who's going to win
1: Well I don't know Are That's the way I look at it I was
2: if you going have Chris with Jeff's Lotte, Like Chris Lote was jacked
1: ideas. I've interrupted on twice there and I, I don't know what Jeff's idea was.
0: I was I was saying Jeff's has a very it was a Leinster against the Sharks and Jeff has a very simple policy of how to beat Leinster. Oh yeah. You kick you kick the shit out of their front five, and the sharks have the biggest front five to kick the shit
2: out of <laughs> But now Brown's. we're
1: but now with the Leinster Lord and Savior Jason Jenkins is playing with Leinster,
2: so it doesn't really happen mm-hmm. that often anymore. It doesn't. By the way, that 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 tweet, Jeff. Some potholes in the mentions there. <laughs> yeah, we leave it at that. <laughs>
1: <laughs> we just move on, shall we?
2: Move on. I've, We've enough tweet, potholes that, run into.
1: That tweet was last week, Jeff. This week's <laughs> potholes This, t- this, this week, Jeff
2: doesn't, so. doesn't want to deal with this.
1: Yeah,
0: <laughs> brand new potholes uh, moving on then to Munster against Zebra not sure it's getting any better uh, Munster beats Zebra 21-5 what a, what, on a Saturday evening. Sub-
1: what a dark subject to,
0: have to talk about <laughs> <laughs> uh, they beat them 21-5 on Saturday evening but failed to get the bonus point win uh, two tries scandal and one from Keenan Knox gave Munster their victory in what was very much a uh, stop start game at Musgrave Park where Tom was on the radio. I was on the radio. Um, <laughs>
1: 595, you might have heard. For anyone who heard it, that was Tom saying this is shit.
0: Yeah. <laughs> this is shit boy.
1: <laughs> all, all, all,
0: Tom, all complaints working. to the Broadcasting
2: Association of <laughs> Ireland can be said. Tell him to fuck off. <laughs> um this game live in the stadium was very frustrating. Um mainly, mostly because it was like a fucking giant episode of Gogglebox where we were watching a live show of Gogglebox where all three of the officials on the field jogged the length of the field to go look at the big screen for three minutes <laughs> over a mall try to look at the, the like the metaphysics as to whether a fucking ball had touched the synthetic grass or not with enough appropriate pressure. Fuck, boring. Sick to death of it. Uh, as for the game, it was... It looked like at around twenty, around half an hour in, it looked like one of those games where okay, sloppy enough start here now, but Munster will start kicking in here, and we're going to start to see a few tries, and we'll be asking ourselves afterwards, what have we learned here really? Yes, we scored some good tries, but Zebra were beaten, and they were a beaten team at that stage, but that didn't happen. Uh, It just ended up being a really, really frustrating final. Was it sixty minutes? Uh, where monster didn't score. Yeah. 55, yeah. 55 minutes. Uh, it ended up being really, really frustrating. And I think, like, it, it, coaches have to be frustrated with this as well. Like, I genuinely think that monster are going to click in one of these upcoming games and put big scores on people. I think that monster are underperforming their metrics at the moment, which is different from last season where we arguably overperformed them. And... At the same time, there's so many things that are just falling down at the last minute, like a pass doesn't go to hand, or a guy is running in 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 he's he's running in the passing lane where I mean, he should be a little bit wider, or the breakdown which is bedeviled by poor inefficient entries, guys falling off cleanouts, and I'm thinking, Jesus, when will they click? Like, what was your... Perception of it watching on the, at like at, at home. I know I've seen it since, but like watching it live.
1: I send you on a breakdown. I sent it on to the 2v and I must have watched that one breakdown where it was a potted tree, ball hits middle carrier. The outside runner kind of overruns the tips line, which is fine, but so does the inside one. Yeah, that kind of- And as a result, comes back and enters from the side. And you're just kind of like, if you're that inside runner, like a lot, a lot of the time, you're hitting that ruck Like, like that's probably your ruck. More, so like ninety o- percent
2: of the time, yeah, it's like it is.
1: And then to overrun it and not even bother to manage to be able to chase back to enter it legally, I must have watched it genuinely a hundred times, and every time I pissed me off more and more and more because, like, what are you expecting? Like,
2: yeah, John, um, I think I think we spoke about it on this last week. That inside cleaner on that pod as in the guy who's closest to the rock bought this name from. I think we spoke about it off air I think. So yeah. fucking important in this scheme. It doesn't work otherwise. You've got to have somebody who reacts really quickly there, but with brutality. Oh yeah. Not seeing yeah, yeah. not seeing that at the moment. Yeah. But he just he just didn't get so back.
0: many, so many guys just going in for belly rubs in there. Like they're they're just not cleaning out properly.
1: Another and it's piece, got to be so frustrating. Another piece that really bugged me was Monster Tried and failed for 53 minutes after their third score, and nothing worked. And it was about the eight or the 78 ish minutes ish in the round. Finally, get a turnover back oh, in their 22, yeah. and it's box kicked back to Zebra, as if to say, like, positioning's important here. We, we or, couldn't
2: lose the game so at our,
1: that point or territory, like, it was. Four try is the fucking key here. Yeah. Why are you kicking that ball back? And I remember when well, he kicked it. I'm, I actually do think I texted to be, and I just said, "Why has he kicked that ball?" I was very annoyed. At no, that. no, you, that did, you, did,
0: you didn't say that. You said ah, yeah, you listen, said a bad word. You said I, a bad I,
1: word. I might have said flip or fudge. F- why did he <laughs> kick that fudging ball? <laughs> but or why the fudge did he do that? But um, like, but yeah, I, that that I, really I think, really I think bugged you, me.
2: If you asked Connor, what he would say was. We want to get up the field, we're going to try and tackle them up there, win a breakdown penalty. Now we can kick into their half of the field, which is fine. But in that context, you have to keep hold of the ball. For me, you have but, to uh, keep a hold which, of the ball.
1: Which there. is also fine. But if it's not worked for 53 minutes, true, yeah. What's suddenly gonna change here? Like yeah.
2: Well, how did you how did you I, think Morion Carberry went on actually?
0: I would ask the question, just going back to that very quickly. I would ask the question whether that box kick is pre planned or whether it's actually part of the sort of coaching <laughs> mantra of that's what they want to do
1: or do you think it was
2: like a hangover i i from what i understand of what they're trying to do that is not on system i think it was a hangover just i think i think it are, was get rid. habit as Going in come back
0: to muscle muscle memory yeah
2: like this is like this, w- 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 let's get territory here let's like you know i get the logic of it but in context I feel that was the wrong decision and it's like it's easy to say afterwards right. when it doesn't work if, if somebody wins a breakdown turnover you're just like oh brilliant fantastic great stuff but that was very low percentage chance from that point given that we hadn't been beating them up at the breakdown to that point you know so you know it's, it, it, it's a weird one like I, I just think that like the line out is a bit of a concern for me as well choppy yeah that
1: was choppy enough um, if, no, Zebra- no, no, if Zebra had a set piece we were in trouble
2: oh yeah well
0: that's that's it. Burn and Omani took them apart, but of all, all the monster hookers seem to be having problems with their throwing, and it, like you can even say it's not even that you're saying that it's the, it's a timing issue between the pods or whatever else. It actually seems to be an issue getting it in straight for, for a lot yeah. of. Them. I don't I don't know what the why that
2: is. I think my my own personal theory on this is, I think that in the last three games, we've mostly been playing with quite a small line-out for the most part. Um, I think you look at the first game, we had Klain, Witcherly, uh, O'Donoghue, um, Kandelin and O'Sullivan. A fairly short, outside Klain there. fairly small, relatively speaking, line-out. When you have a smaller line-out, your timing and your windows have to be far more accurate. Your schemes are generally more complex because you're, you're trying to shake off bigger teams. Like, again, Munster were giving up size and weight to this zebra team in the pack again. Like we've had very small selections out. And like that, that comes with a cost. The benefit is that you should be a bit faster, you should be a bit quicker on the field, which again, we, we up and down, we are, we aren't. But you're looking at the the size and the line I think, is a real issue because how many times have you seen Munster going into the, you know, into the op- opponent's half and having a, a really complex Two or three cut-out lineout scheme that you're putting your hooker under huge pressure to hit a contested jumper. Like there was a, a few there in that, in, in that game where you had Witcherley going up, and again he's around six foot four. He's a good springy jumper, but Zebra were throwing up uh, Leonard Krumov, um guy who's six seven or whatever it is, big wingspan. It doesn't really matter how quick you are into the air because the bigger man is going to pressure you, and, and Zebra did it. Dragons have done it. Carla for doing it and, and Connacht will do it this weekend as well if they can. Uh, I think Munster need more size and more length in that pack, certainly in the set piece.
0: Do you think that, where do you think that will come from? Do you think that means that they'll push the likes of maybe Kling and uh, Tom O'Hearn
2: as a partnership? I, I think down the line, if they can get Snaiman fit, they might have, you know, like obviously he will play as soon as he is fit and available. But Edwin, a dog ball for me, has the size and the wingspan. To add, that, to add that size and wingspan, essentially. like it's That's been the big issue for me where it looks like everything is a little bit overly complex where we can't play simply at the line-out because we're afraid of being marked out of the game.
0: I thought Adogba was excellent when he came on on, so on Saturday evening. And not, not even anything, like he, he was very good in terms of his poaching, sort of the jackal threat that he was there around the breakdown defensively. But I thought it was his actually attacking break work that was most. Oh, impressive so just, physical. Like, just ve- and like stuff you shouldn't have to highlight and be appreciative of is literally just putting a guy on his ass. Yeah. putting him on the floor. And the rock, keep putting him, him on there. the floor, taking him out, yeah. and keeping him down for the next phase. Simple things like that. Like, and I mean, I suppose that's a real true reflection of where the monster breakdown, attacking breakdown is at the moment. That you they just kind of need that's a, a highlight
2: a bit of size, a bit of fucking rawness even. Like I look, Just I remember aggression. Yeah. Ag- aggression is, is the big thing for me where it seems that guys are a little bit overly focused. At times I saw, I think it was Jack O'Sullivan and, and Niall Scannell, a little bit overly focused on getting the technicals of it right. Where they're looking to get the scoop in, you know, scoop under the shoulders and lift them. Mm-hmm. I don't, I don't, I don't see it being hugely He's effective. Long
0: in low and hard one thing that that I did want to maybe bring up on this is and we've we've talked about it I think you've talked about it in the past in the past couple of podcasts Tom is Munster have made changes to their training regime you know especially around the intensity and and the quickness of what they're trying to do but I'm wondering does that have a knock-on impact to their immediate conditioning and may it take a while to show through and our players like Dogbo and maybe those who haven't been in and around this the sort of the, the training of the senior team previously, same with Rudon Quinn and others, who have come from a sort of a maybe more the under 20s or club sites, etc. They're not as impacted by it. Is, is that something that we're seeing? And it may take a couple of months for that to actually truly push on and come, come to fruition.
2: I don't know. Like, I think you look at, um, I know why Monster are trying to do it. I know the benefits that they're hoping to get from it. Certainly as the, the season progresses, they're expecting to get better. Again, like they have changed an awful lot compared to last mm. season. The training is just one part of it. So I think if you look at what they can get to and where they can get to, I think it will be better by December. Things will be a little bit more cohesive. Sure. But to answer that part of the question I think it, it. I think it can have a knock-on effect where guys are losing a little bit because of the intensity of the training. They're not necessarily getting the immediate benefits of it right now, because uh, there, there there are guys there playing who, for me, are playing far below their level. You know, like I think Jack O'Donnell, who has a has had a poor three games for me, and I look at the game fairly closely, offensive breakdown, as well as just a regular game. Like he, like he was player of the year last last year. To me, he's looked a good bit below where he would, where I would expect him to be. He's he's a very good player, and there's a few guys who are like that. And the only thing that's changed is everything. So it's like <laughs> you look at that and you go, like, it, it is, is there's some guys who I think this system will leave behind. And I suppose the yep. the, the counterpoint to what you were saying there is that well, do you do you, do you, do you change more gradually, or what do you think like? Even Jeff there Like what do you think Like should they do Half and half for a while Or go We're changing it Now it's all changed Get into it
1: You have to change it all
2: Yeah I think I, I
1: think I think if you go half and half And like You'll have players coming up to you Like And you'll say Okay we're doing this half And then someone will come up to you And be like What about Can we do X And they're like Oh well we'll do X now In a while Don't worry about it We'll sort this first Like there's no winners there you, I think you have to go in cold you bring in the system you drill it to fuck and eventually it will stick but at least you're on top of everything at once you're not drip feeding different I don't know calls or situations or little little details in like it's like obviously there, there's some things that you will bring in throughout the season but not in terms of your framework if that makes sense like you're, you're, you have to start and you have to introduce the whole lot go for it and de- like I mean you bring it in a preseason, you develop it obviously like as we're seeing it will come to fruition eventually and it is frustrating uh, for a while um, but yeah, you have to go the whole lot but like I genuinely think one of the most frustrating things is the fact that and it's something I said last week is a lot of the errors you see aren't framework related they're no. just very simple basic rugby errors that you're seeing and you're kind of like this shouldn't be happening. That shouldn't be happening. Like that, he, like he should be there. He should be resourcing that better.
2: And like, um, and, 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 and in that's the, pressors, the frustrating part. The coaches are very much framing it that way. As in. but like, like they, self, I, I don't they, even think they have to frame it that way. It's yeah, very they've been clear seeing, and obvious. They, they've like, been saying it like, is in that Look, these are errors, not framework, you know, because again, yeah. like when you're bringing in a new framework, there's going to be noise. Like, you know, there's going to be, Things that aren't directly related to the framework are going to cause fuck ups and errors. And I think that's certainly true. But like I, I think looking at the way that um uh the errors have been going through the squad, like different guys making errors that were making last year, it's kind of hard to look at really. Yeah. No, it's but like not
1: that fun. that like I, I genuinely think the coaches at times they don't even have to say it's not a framework error. It's oh, literally yeah. like that's just there's no it's inexcusable really. It's just that's the error. Yeah. Simple as that.
0: I, I think one of the things that will happen, and you mentioned it there before, Tom, is like this will click for Monster, but I don't think it's all going to click at once. I think you're going to get little sort of um period, small mini periods in the game where things will click for them. Like was it against the was it the dragons or the Cardiff game where they scored like the two tries in five minutes?
1: The Dragons um, game. Dragons
0: Dragons game. Yeah. I think there's going to be. End of the
1: second half, wasn't it? Yeah.
0: End of the first half. Yeah, just before. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. just before before half time there. I think you're going to see periods like that come through where things will click for small periods like that. And Munster could, because the opposition aren't going to be expecting it, it's going to be, it could well be devastating.
2: (laughs) Um, I I think think, what, what Munster are looking to build to is a game plan that is when it's working, it's very, very hard to game plan against. But to get yeah. to that point, there is going to be some fucking gruel and bad eggs on the way there where it is not going to be fucking pleasant. And there, like I said, there are some guys who are going to be left behind and that's going to be just the way it is. Um, but I don't think they can deviate from what they're laying down because like, you can see, like, like, would you believe Monster are second in the URC when it comes to offloads? You wouldn't, you wouldn't think it. No, you wouldn't think that Munster, I think, was our fourth or fifth when it comes to defenders beaten and meters gained. there were thereabouts more like more than Leinster are at the same time. You wouldn't think that. So that's why I'm saying Munster are underperforming their metrics. But when you're making as many errors and you're giving up fucking sloppy, fucking soft ass, fucking break, breakdown penalties, you're just like, fuck the metrics, hit those rocks harder. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, that that's it and we we'll, we'll t- talking about metrics we'll move on to the the Connacht Bulls game and then we'll we'll come back to the preview of um Connacht munster but like looking at the metrics from the Connacht Bulls game they were if you were to just look at the stats it looked like a very very even game but I mean Connacht it was uh lost 28-14 away to the Bulls um in the second and final game of their set after but it was only two tries in the last 15 minutes put a shine on the scoreline Really is it, how many yellow cards did the Bulls have? The Bulls had a number of yellow cards in this game, didn't they? They had at least two, wasn't it? Yeah. And they conceded. I conceded twenty penalties.
1: They conceded. I remember watching the game. I think there were on fourteen penalties or something. Like that. It was double digits anyway, but there were still fourteen points up. And I was like, how can a team? And this was this was like we're not talking seventy minutes like this <laughs> in their own kind of. 40-ish something And I was like How can a team Concede This many sheer Number of penalties But still be ahead In the game Like it a point per no penalty sense. Conceded It made no sense <laughs> to me I was like How
2: does this happen Like It's The, yeah. the Bulls are very Fucking physical though Ah oh, stop it. Good god The size of these guys Someone what? asked me
1: um What happened With the Bulls And uh Connacht Or what happened Connacht against the Bulls And I was like Bulls just bulls him, really, yeah, didn't you, they?
2: you you got bullsed.
1: Yeah, put that on a t-shirt, guys. There you go, free marketing. There, <laughs> you be, it, you've, you've, been <laughs> you've been bulls. You've <laughs> been bulls.
2: Like it's it's weird, like, isn't? Because I, I think like at the same time, I think it's fair to say, Connacht didn't really do all that badly. But at the same time, they were still roundly beaten, and like arguably could have been worse. It's a weird one. Like you said there, like it, it, it did look quite even at times, but I'm not sure where it's kind of going on for Connacht at the moment because I can't say that they've been playing desperately badly. They've been losing, but they haven't been rubbish like.
0: But and maybe one of the things, well, one of the things I want to talk about was, are they trying to play too much rugby? Like Connacht, particularly without karate, don't necessarily have the same kicking game. They're not looking at kicking for length. And getting into in, getting into that sort of a, a tactical matchup, and when outside of strike plays, which which they are very good at, and, and, and they they have into,
2: been good at for a while, yeah,
0: yeah, for a long while, their 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 strike plays have been brilliant. But their attacking pattern in open play is seems to be very easy to read because they don't have the the big strike runners to actually hit the ball up when they need to. So everything is like ninety nine percent of the time, it's a pullback, it's another pullback. And for me, the bulls were able to get off the line so quickly, and they were almost ignoring the sort of the the pod, and were just focusing on the guys out the back. And Conak were losing territory just by holding on to the ball, and yeah. I, I think they're almost becoming too easy to read.
2: Oh, like predictable unpredictability, like where yeah, we <laughs> bet you weren't expecting that screen pass
0: <laughs> for the seven hundred and fiftieth <750th> time. <laughs>
2: Like it, it like it it does, it does, it is weird. Like to say that they are playing too much rugby. Like when the majority of the praise that's come from for Connacht has been off the back of the rugby they play. They do, I think they do need to kick the ball a little bit more. I think the same is true of Munster, actually. But like you look at the way that 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 Connacht, I don't know. Like I think that they're not far off either from like producing, like from getting a win, even or from or from playing well consistently for eighty minutes. But it's just it, they're in a, just in a weird place right now. where they're building in a lot of a lot of new players are coming in, um, you know they've played differing levels of well. I think the guys who they've signed, um, and without Bundy as well, like is in that like that that like it's a tough couple of weeks now. Eight weeks did we did we speak about that? Or did that happen after we finished recording? I think for once.
0: I think that was after we
2: yeah we'd eight finished. weeks. Um, like that's a quality player out of their side who like who a- actively makes them better. Obviously. Um, so, yeah, no, it's, I, I think Connacht aren't far off either, but, like, they've had a very difficult schedule, like probably the most difficult schedule so far of all the sides. Here's a question for you. While a win is more important, well, while a win
1: is important for both teams this weekend, who do you reckon it's most important for? Because I, I, I think it's important for Munster in terms of your top eight and everything like that. It's obviously important to Connacht for the same reason. But, like, if Munster lose against Connacht, again, bedding in framework, blah, 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 the whole lot. I know Connacht made a, new, a load of new signings there, but they've been building for this for years now. So at what point Connacht? do you say, like, yeah, this, yeah, so yeah, Connacht, Connacht yeah, been yeah. For years. So at what point do you say, like, you know, like... That it's, that it's not working? Yeah, like, I mean, someone said to me there um, after the Bulls game, they were like, it's when you hear people talking about, oh, Connacht will learn from this. It's like, hang on a second. Like
2: this is four like, years into the
1: friend yeah, era, like, isn't it? Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, it's kind of like, hang on. Like, how, how long can you go on learning for? Like, sure, like it, it's professional rugby against the Bulls. You know what to expect. Yeah, like, and, uh, and and to be
2: fair, Connacht have had you a lot of player turnover also. It's not like a lot of these guys are like, oh, well, they're not the players that they want for the system. This is it's kind of exactly who they want now for what yeah. for the way they want to play. So, like, I suppose would you... there, would, there would be a bit more pressure, I suppose. Like, Munster don't have an out, not really, like, but like, to an extent, well, for Connacht, you kind of like this is more of a home game for them. This is like their relief, I suppose. You know, they've been on the road for three games, it's one they should be winning.
0: I think if you, if you look at it, there's there's different reasons behind who it's more important for. Like, you, you look at Connacht, as you say, they've had their tough start. This is their first home game, it's the first home game with the new pitch. The 4G pitch has been laid, and that's the reason that they were on the road for the first few games anyway. I think um it's important to them because they need the win in terms of it. It's it's one of the few chances they have to get points, I think, to start this off. For for Munster, I think this is potentially the difference between they're no longer in I think in conversation to be are they the second team in in Ireland? this this is about who's the third team
2: oh at the moment yeah i think that i think that's a fair enough thing to say like you might go like historically but sure history is the more shit now you know like yeah. it's one of those things where like i think we've seen last year that you can start like shit and still finish strongly and still do well but for just again i <laughs> i am a vibe enjoyer i enjoy vibes the vibe that were monster to lose this game would be quite difficult I think not a very enjoyable vibe I would say because of how disappointing the last three games have been yes beats everybody. I think you can kind of get lost in the conversation there won that game fair enough but no bonus point frustrating display connect at the same time like they're bottom of the URC at the moment you know they obviously have ambitions they've had you know guys they brought in this summer they, they want to be better um yeah, it's just, it's, re- it's a really tough because I think this is a game where there are huge stakes, not like as in where, more so for Connacht, I would say, but that does not that's not to say, oh, all the pressure's on Connacht, really, if you think about it long and hard enough. Like, it's there's a lot of pressure on both sides, and I think that both sides, for their own reasons, have to win this, because if they don't...
0: Well, for, for Munster, if, if they, for, to, for argument's sake, if they weren't to win this, they then have Bulls at home, Leinster away... Ulster at home as the, the, the last the next three matches before the sort of the autumn International break
2: and at they're, that point they're you, three tough games yeah and at that point you have to be clicking and it's like yeah, yeah look Munster I think almost more so than the other provinces have been fucked over by the emerging Ireland tour but at the same time people don't care about that they want W's on the board <laughs> they yeah. don't want like ultimately they're sick to death of hearing about framework breakdown errors penalties people are they get sick today of hearing about that and they just go we just need a fucking win and that's when the pressure will start coming on like is in it's already there to an extent but like that's the ultimate thing where it's just like because I was in a presser the other day and somebody asked like is as in is this a must win game and Graham Runch is just like tell me tell me a game that isn't must win like this is a game coming up now this is kind of must win and it's like all of them are for Munster. And the reason why it must win, must, must like as in can't lose, I think is a different thing um, because of the games that have come before. Like I, both teams are in can't lose territory.
0: I think Munster, this is indicative for Munster on the basis that Munster will stick through their, their process that they have started out now. And that's the right thing to do. There is no backing out from that. And that's the way it needs to go forward. I said at the beginning of, I think we were doing our season preview. I said this season for Munster, probably their aim is to try and get into the top eight in terms of the URC.
2: Get into you top eight. To... Re, like, nobody's ever going to say that, but I think they'd look at that and go, okay, get out of the pool yeah. in Europe would be a great achievement, I think. Achievement. yeah, Top eight. Rebuild, as in bring in two or three guys in the summer who perfectly suit what you want to do. Move out some of the guys who don't suit what you want to do and be better placed next season when I think there's going to be a raft of Let's speed up the game laws that are going to be coming in, in mm-hmm. which case Monster should be in a good position then. But it's Where's like it? nobody wants to hear about next season. Yeah. They, they don't want to you, hear about that. Yeah. We but if you if you don't lose the game. fucking board, that's what they want.
0: <laughs> yeah. If you don't win this game, you haven't got a bonus point against Zebra and you've lost against the Dragons and Cardiff, their points that you've dropped compared to last season, where you were finished sixth. Yeah. Big points. Right. That's the difference. And it's sort of like if you don't start picking up the points soon. That top eight place starts to come under threat a bit, particularly the way the South African teams have started this season. Like they, you know, they've been dominant so far um, yeah. in this. And if they can't, if they don't win this, it suddenly puts a lot more pressure back onto the, the management team and the players to come through. And I think that'll that'll be what sort of um will be the biggest sort of threat to them. In terms then of the game itself um, for Munster, Gavin Coombs returns to full training and John Klein is back from his return to play protocols, but Zebo and Liam Coomb miss out with injury. Um, Snyman, uh, Jack Daly, Paddy Kelly, Keith Earls, Andrew Conway are all missing. And Alex Kendellen is also out with uh, concussion related. He's um, going to have some time on the sidelines. And, um, for Connipt, uh haven't had too much uh, news on the injury fund but I believe they obviously have Boniaki out after his eight game suspension I think he can get our eight week suspension I think he can bring that down to seven if he does the mandatory um, course on that do
2: it'll a bit turn, of homework it'll, it'll, it'll turn him around at 33 <laughs> yeah
0: <laughs> you know. this one's gonna stick <laughs> yeah oh this is the training course that'll do it the online course on the laptop yeah <laughs> Um, And then uh, I think Jack Carty is back Or potentially back in contention Although it's not been confirmed by Andy Friend Whether he will be in the 23 or not A very friendly of him No, he's going, he's taking it all out Uh, As I say, Connacht's, the game is on Friday night uh, Where Connacht will unveil their new 4G pitch Jeff, I'll go to you Who do you think for this? It's a funny one, isn't it? Because you
1: look at of last season and we talked about their last quarter and everything. Their last quarter has actually been the best part of their game in the past three games. You look at Munster then, they've had two scoreless second halves and only scored seven points in total. Three scoreless third quarters in a row. So I think it's going to be a case of who runs out of steam first, if I'm honest. Like I think I'm envisaging a good start from Munster, but mistakes and errors kind of creeping in and I think once of get into a rhythm like they're starting to come into their own in the last kind of 20-25 minutes now of games too like they scored those 14 points against the Bulls I think it was the 60-odd and 70-something minute as well after being kind of you know bed up a good bit around the pitch a small bit so I think it's actually of the three games that we have to call this one's probably the hardest one for me because I actually don't know if I'm honest with you. Like, I want to go. I'm thinking Connacht because they're at home, um, because they have a better uh, second half and especially final quarter. But then I'm thinking I've picked Connacht the last two weeks in a row, and that didn't go well. Um, I want to pick Munster, but I also picked them against the Dragons. Look how that went. Um, and again, their second halves have just been really, really poor. So it's actually a very, very difficult one to call. Um, I think I'm going to go. Wait, do you want to give your predictions first or will I uh, listen I, I think I'm, I'm going to go with a Connacht win to be honest with you um, as much as it hurts me to go I like three times in a row they have to be right once hopefully third time lucky <laughs>
2: that's, that's not how gambling
1: works Jeff <laughs> that's exactly how gambling works um, this is like
2: I've, I've lost these two times Surely yeah. this one's going to be the one where it's it which, right.
1: which means I have to be right eventually Isn't that how it works? I think like that's if how you gambling lo- works yeah. If you lose on <laughs> yeah, red, it's just black. double on black So <laughs> that's what I'm going to do um, Always been on red I think yeah. I, I think I am going to go with Connacht just because of the sheer Error count, uh, Munster And also their second half So far have left Very, very little to be desired Um Connacht Will probably target this Like we actually spoke, I think it was before the first game of the season we talked about Connex opening four, five, six games and we said which game would they target and I think this is one we actually talked about mm-hmm. Um, obviously you'd look for a win in all of them don't get me wrong but like Kingspan at two away in South Africa and then at home against the team implementing a framework and everything like that like I mean it doesn't take a genius to say of those four you're probably going to look at that fourth game and say that's one we can win so for me, I'm going to go with Connacht again. Um, if they let me down this week, I don't think I'd be too annoyed. Uh, to be honest, but yeah, um, yeah I'm, I'm going to go with a narrow Connacht win, I think.
0: I'm going to go with a monster win. Very narrow. I think this is going to be a very close game. Um, I think Connacht are just in a bad place at the moment. I don't think they have the physical ball carriers. Not saying Munster are any better, but I think there's a bigger upside in Munster in potential that things may click for short periods to allow them to score. Um, and that might be the difference. I think Carty, whether Carty Aki will be a big loss, but whether Carty plays could be a, a huge deciding yeah, factor. That, that's, in this. A, that's
2: a big factor in this game. Yeah, For um, me for me, I think like for Munster the key is like last year in this game in the sports ground that was a game that I suppose was like a bit of dog shit in Munster's shoe for the rest of the season. It was a stick to beat the coaches with primarily. But for me on field that day, Munster, same referee actually, is refereeing this game as, the, as, as did uh, the last game um, in in the sports ground. Munster were too rattled too easily where Connacht got into them and rattled them. And I think teams think they can get in and rattle this Munster team. I think, they can. I think I think that they think that they can get at Munster that way. Connock certainly do. And being without Bundyaki is a, is a loss in that regard. But from for me, Munster have to not just play well and, and win here, but to show that they've got the ability to start rattling teams themselves rather than being the team who gets rattled and gets shithoused. So that's going to be a big thing for me. I think whoever wins that sort of emotional battle there that's outside the technicalities of the game will go a long way to winning it. Um, for me, I think it's going to be very, very close. I think it's got like both sides are going to have like periods of the game where they look like fucking a cake made out of dog shit and knives. I think that looking at the way Munster have been playing over the course of the last couple of weeks, you'd say the Connacht have to be favorites, even though Connacht have lost because Munster have had such a high error count, and high, high in discipline. Um, depends on the approach. I think it's going to be very, very tight. I'm thinking Munster by... One or two points, um, but need to show up ready to fucking scrap.
0: Yeah, no, I, I think that that's fair. So
2: that's two two for monster and one for Connacht
0: Then, um, the other monster news that I had was ex Munster prop Wien Dupree has been named as part of the South African A coaching team for the match in Porky Grieve in November. Um, so other than that then The only other games That were on this week Were the emerging Ireland games They beat the Grickas, uh 54-7 on Friday In a game that I actually did see And I didn't see This afternoon's game Where they won 28-24 Against the Pumas I saw um, bits and
2: pieces of today's game Because I was off cooking steak For the rest of it how
0: long That sounds you- like a big steak yeah. How long were you cooking steak
2: for? I, I had to go the- somewhere else To cook the steak <laughs> Away from my laptop, so I was just like, came back and it was just like, who played well, who did well, who looked like a beast.
0: Um, <laughs> Apparently, Roman Salanoa
2: did well. I, yeah, I'd heard
0: um, from the bits that i had read and uh, on that, Salanoa showed up well in the
2: loose. Mr. Mr. Mister Mr. Tony Fresh showed up as well. Oh,
1: Tony Fresh, yes.
2: That took me a second as a yeah,
1: Tony Fresh Tony Fresh. Tony Fresh. Oh yes. <laughs> Um, all the monster guys did well. I think we can. I think we can. Say, <laughs> I think <laughs> we can say that without any uh, without any bias. It's very obvious
0: they all did well. Future internationals there t- to the man. Um, yes, yeah, so we we'll talked maybe about the the Griker's game on Friday. Um, I thought it was a f- very good display from. I know you have to take the opposition into account, but thought Jack Crowley was excellent along with uh, Nathan Doak at halfback. Um, really. Really showed up well, both his kicking and his his playing loose. Again, Salano coming off the bench. Um, if only he can learn to uh, give a more sympathetic pass when he actually makes all those line breaks, he can be doing well. Um, and there was, there was lots of positives.
2: I thought that um the game today, from what I saw, Jake Flannery did okay. Um, I think that James Culhan did well. Uh, from the again, I've only seen bits and pieces of the highlights, so again.
1: From what I heard, I didn't actually see the game, but people were raving about James Culhann. All right. Yeah. I, d- I don't know why I didn't see it, but I mean, if that many people are on Twitter talking about you in a good way, surely it means you've done something good. Right? <laughs> As opposed to like James I'm glad, Kalan, glad you put he's... in in a good way. <laughs> he's getting cancelled
2: on there because he knocked on a ball. <laughs> 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 I think, though, just to balance it Elon out Bust there is a good player, isn't he? <laughs> <laughs> he's a good player, yeah. <laughs> He's handy. Um, I just just think to balance it out there. Uh, all the monster players did great, and should should it just be monster players? Emerging monster, emerging monster, emerging onto the Ireland team en oh, I, on mass
0: on <laughs> masse. I I w- I will say I I actually do think going back to frameworks and everything else, I think potentially monsters best out half for the system they're trying to play is actually currently in South Africa.
2: I would agree. I'd agree too. I'd, uh, have, felt like, I'd have felt like going mad in my mentions. I think he's actually tweeted us. Me and you,
0: Tom, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I,
2: yeah. <laughs> have I blocked him or something? Or I've, I've, I have no idea. Game. It's just like he just, he just felt feel. that we were being very, very hard on Ben Healy and must be biased towards Jack Crowley. Usually I get all the abuse online.
0: Yeah. I, I no. wouldn't mind, but I, I was I was very complimentary of how Haley had improved.
2: Yeah, it's just like yeah, look, look I I am biased. Like I am I am biased. <laughs> no, I I look at I like like I look at Jack Crowley and I think he's got the qualities. And look, far from the finished product, nobody's saying he's a finished product. But I think he's got the physical qualities and the game properties to go well in a system that not says, Hey, you should play a little bit like Finn Russell. But kind of like that, and I think that Jack Crowley currently fits that a little bit closer. Um, and not that Ben Healy is the cause for Munster playing poorly, by the way, because I think he's I think he's a good player who I think he's struggling to fit in the system exactly, but he's fucking doing his best. He's playing better than Joy for the most part. But that's a weird one. Like I think I would agree with you. I think Jack Crowley is a guy whose stock has gone up on this tour hugely, certainly after the I, game I, last week hugely.
0: I I think. It's a, It's actually we didn't talk about it too much, but I think the Connacht game is actually going to be a big game for Joy Carberry because he hasn't shown. I would. An I awful would assume. I would.
2: I would assume he starts. I think they will look to try and give him a start at least, so that look, mm. you've had two bench appearances. Now you've had a start in an Inter-Pro. I think this game actually really enough will be a one that will actually set the tone for a lot of selections going forward. I feel.
0: Yeah, I think I, I, think I, I would a,
2: expect uh, Conor Murray to start this.
0: Ooh. Hmm. I, I would be hoping to see Casey and Carberry, but yeah, it could well be Murray to to give him game time in that and into that system. But I think it's a big game for Carberry for to define his season and how that works going forward.
2: I would agree because like in, in theory, this should all suit Carberry down to the ground. And like even like this is why the Emerging Ireland tour itself is so interesting because you can see how Crowley and then now Flannery, you know, fits in with that system and then he's going back up to Ulster who plays slightly differently Munster looking to get to where Ireland are certainly from an intent perspective so mm-hmm. should Jack Crowley come back like he shouldn't necessarily like as in he should he should come into the team and not necessarily be all that ice cold compared to the way some guys have come in and looked mm-hmm. and he also shouldn't come back and be third choice I would agree there as well
0: yeah definitely <laughs> Right, we'll round it up there, folks. Thank you very much for your listening to our ramblings and for supporting the podcast. Please do rate and review the podcast on whatever platform you listen as it really helps. And also to be sure to share the podcast on social media. I hope you have a good week and the three of us will be back next week to chat again.